Yo, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Path to Prosperity show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tell a friend to tell a friend. I am Ash Cash, the financial motivator, a.k.a. the financial comedian. We're going to talk about that in a second. Also, also, we got my brother Storm Leroy, the employed millionaire, and my brother Marvin Mitchell. I call him Money Marv, but we're going to call him Marvin Mitchell. Mr. Become Your Own Bank in the building. And we are affectionately known as the trifecta, the leaders of the new school of Path to Prosperity, helping you make, manage, and multiply your money. What's up, y'all? Let's get straight to it, man. Yo, what's going on in this? Yo, so first of all, first world, of all, bro. first of all, prayers, right? Prayers go out to all the innocent women, children, civilians yeah. that are caught up in this uh, Israel and Palestinian war that's currently happening right now. Um, you know, breaking news. So we, so you know, we we do want to acknowledge that, but breaking news, the Biden administration has announced that they're giving $100 billion to the state of Israel, $75 billion to Ukraine, and $100 million to the victims in Palestine. Wait, $100 million? Million. Million. So I just want to be clear. Right. So when we was talking, look, when we was talking behind the scenes, I I thought you were saying it was a break even. It was a watch. No, 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 no. no. One hundred billion. Billion would it be? A hundred billion is going to Israel to help them fight a war that we go. We go. Bro, they fight. Let me get this straight. So Biden is given. A hundred billion dollars billion to assist for, for foreign aid. Correct. One hundred billion with a B. <laughs> Which means they can buy weapons. Yes. No, the US is giving them weapons already. They're already giving them weapons. Let's let's get that straight. Let's confuse this. They're not buying weapons, they're giving them weapons to fight people who literally are throwing sticks. Rocks. Well, Hamas, they're not fighting Palestinians. Let's be clear about this. So he's giving them a hundred billion. They've already gave him weapons. Now they're giving them a hundred billion more. And they say, oh, by the way, here's a hundred million dollars for to to take the care victims. of yourself for the destruction that's caused by the hundred billion dollars in weapons that I gave to fight you. Yeah. A hundred million. And, and listen, they're not even a hundred billion. That's basically saying storm. Here's a million dollars to go fight this battle and destroy these people. And then I go to the people that you're destroying and I'm saying, hey, here, here's a thousand dollars to um, to take care of yourself. And so look, look, can we do this real quick though? Because because can we talk about the context of what's actually happening, right? Yeah. Because 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 I feel like a lot of people don't fully understand. The context, and so I'm gonna gi- I'm gonna give you high level from my perspective. Y'all could chime in and 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 kind of you know kind of let us know your perspective of how you see it. Um, yeah. How I see it is that the Palestinians, right? The Palestinians had this land called Palestine, and in 1949 or in the 40s, um, 
there was a what what is called a Zionist movement of people, Jewish people, who decided to claim the land as holy land and they wanted the land. So they went over to, to the land of Palestine and they started to claim the land as theirs. And so that meant war, that meant displacing people, that meant a lot of stuff going on. From, from, that, from that, there was a lot of different political movements started, things of that nature, right? And there was a group uh, called Hamas who were put together in efforts of, of stopping them from taking over their land. Some treaties were, were done, like, you know, some, some concessions and land was portioned off, but they've been fighting every single day, right? They've been fighting every single day to, to get their land uh, or, 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 to, or to live. And then I need, I need clarity here, but, but there's, there's people in uh, the Palestinian people in Gaza and Gaza is is bordered by Jordan, Egypt, and Israel. And Israel now controls what goes in and out of Gaza. Gotcha. Um, and people call that an open air prison because um, they're limiting the food supply, electricity, like people literally dying. Mm. So now there was a an attack from Hamas and Hamas attacked Israel, right? And now there's a, a war happening, right? Israel attacked P Palestine. But now there's four uh, entities or four, four things happening. It's not just Israel versus Palestine or Israel versus Hamas. It is you got the Israeli government. You have the, the Israeli people. You have uh, Hamas. And then you have the Palestinian people, right? So technically, uh, the war is between or should be between uh, the Israel Israeli government and Hamas, right? But what's been happening is on both sides, Hamas have has been bombing um, innocent women, children, right, in Israel. And the Israeli government has been also doing the same thing. They've been killing, beheading innocent women and children, civilians in Palestine. And then, you know, there's there's been a lot of um, international law that's being broken on 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 both sides. That's my, that's that's my my right. understanding of it. Man, that was good. That was good, man. You've been doing your reading. You've been doing your reading, man. You've been, but you know, uh, look, look at Storm's face because you got you got to read. You got to know how to read Storm. You know what I'm saying? So, I, so I don't know. I don't know if that if that's so. A, you know what all mean? right, here, here's a situation um, in Palestine. Uh, Palestine, from from my perspective, and it's kind of I'm gonna try to break it down and make it simple and sort of talk in my language from what I understood. Stand so. Palestinian, now what is how you say it? Palestinians, Palestinians, yes, Palestinians. Look, so they feel like they're in a nightmare right now that that's not ending. So, so just imagine somebody coming into your neighborhood, 
taken over and suddenly there are rules to everything where you can go what you can do whether you can work see your family without running into roadblocks checkpoints and that's there every day they're under constant like supervision they can't do anything on their own the land was theirs and now all of a sudden like they have nothing on their own they're in constant supervision constant control can't do anything now the west bank the gaza strip is their home right but settlements keep popping up meaning folks are seeing strangers taking over the land they've known as theirs for for generations and then with these settlements life gets tougher like somebody crowding your space and pushing your back against the wall all the time right and then gaza got it real rough israel and egypt locked it down saying it's about security because the group running the show there is hamas but for the people living inside it's a disaster so basics like you know food clean water medicine or a steady job all hard to come by and then violence spikes it's ordinary folks women kids who pay the price then hamas gets homes not not, not homes are getting destroyed and lives are getting lost and then it's trauma that's on repeat and like you said ash all this going points back to 1948 this is when Israel became a state. Palestinians wound up losing their homes and war and scattered in all directions. They call that time the, the, the Nakba, which means um, catastrophe, because that's what it was for them. So, so what's the end game? They're pushing for respect. They're pushing for justice. They're pushing for their own place in the world. They're pushing for a chance to live free without someone else calling the shots in their home. They're fighting for a future where they can breathe easy in their land. So that's one perspective. But as you know, the media, they set the pushing agenda, right? The agenda that they're pushing is look at these people who are coming out, killing people, destroying people. And it's like, and that's what's being shown. And because that's what's being shown on the media it's like the the victim is the aggressor and the people who've been been the vic, the person who've been coming after them for all these years are now getting the sympathy of America and as the rest of the world. So the the best way for me to describe it, right? You've been pushed back up. So so the police come comes shoot down black people in the neighborhood. The black people protest, they get upset. The news is look at these thugs looting and, and, and breaking into buildings. And that's what the narrative is. It's about the thugs looting and breaking into business instead of somebody getting shot down for taking a bag of Skittles. You see what I'm saying? And that, and that, and that's sort of the type of shadow of what's going on with the situation. So they've been getting pressed up against the wall for all these years. And now they decide to fight back and the media want to paint them as the bad guys. You know what I'm saying? So that that's 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 how I see it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I understand that there are relationships, there are allies, there are things that has to be done. So maybe there's a different perspective you have, Storm, on this whole situation. I would love to hear it, but that's basically what I've got from looking at both sides of the perspective. You guys broke it down really good, right? So I like to simplify things. And I want everybody to think about how powerful real estate is. 
Yeah. I want you to think how powerful land is. Owning land. Millions of people have been dying for centuries over who owns some land. Mm. This is the power of what ownership can do. This is what it means when you people know the value of, of land, where a country is literally getting involved. When the United States get involved with any help in any other country, they're in it for a reason. This isn't a war by any stretch of the imagination, y'all. You look at World War I, you had two mighty forces that were fighting, partnered up on both sides to fight. I won't get into logistics of World War I and all that. I love World War I talk and World War II. But you look at World War II, what took place, the logistics of big countries with might on both sides. Hmm. You're looking at one side who has might, power, force, military, and they're backed by another force, the United States, mm. who's giving you more weapons, more ammo, more money to fight, literally, no matter how, whatever you want to call Hamas. When you look at the scale of Hamas to the military that they're fighting, they're a bunch of street thugs. They don't have jet fighters. They literally, where this sparked from, there was a festival that took place and they killed 1,400 people. Hamas came in on paragliders. They were firing missiles first that couldn't even reach the festival to kill who they want. They came down on paragliders with machine guns, mm. filling up all these Jewish people and non-Jewish people were there. But this was right outside of Gaza. So... These people are not equipped enough to even have the, the, the ammo or rockets to blow up, to drop a bomb in the middle of a festival to kill a, a large amount of people. They literally had to go in there, tried to shoot rockets, weren't hitting the target, came in from three different ways with on, on motorcycles, paragliders, and on feet and on foot to kill people. Think about the other side who can pinpoint a hospital, hmm. a apartment building, and drop a bomb strategically and destroy something. Hmm. Think about, that's not a war. Think about these other side who have drone capability to send nobody in to risk their life and in the dark of the night, blow stuff up where the other side can't do that. This is not a war. Hmm. So the more they use the word, the more they play with our mind to think, hmm. yo, there's a war going on outside. No man is safe from. Hmm. This isn't a war. This is a hostile takeover. Hmm. That's what this is. Hmm. This is people who wanted all along to be able to say, how can we wipe out somebody? And I'm not, I'm not on the side of what Hamas did to 1,400 people killing them at a festival, not at all. But now you go from going after a group named Hamas to saying anybody in the area 
your target. We're going to wipe out buildings. We're going to wipe out everything. And what they're going to do is come in and take over. So now the United States gets involved, which they've always been involved, right? They get billions of dollars. They give $4 billion a year to Israel. Now they just gave $100 billion. Every year, every year they give them $4 billion. Wow. That's crazy. They $4 billion they give every year, right? No, I'm saying why? I'm, 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 I'm like, why do they give them money? Like, it, like, 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 it don't have to be the real why, but, but, but for education purposes, for me, like, what, it, what are we saying here, we're giving them the money for? Here, here's what you do. When you look at America as a business, everything makes sense. This is about real estate. This is about land. It makes sense. This ain't about a war. Why would I be paying somebody money? Because I'm investing in, in their future. I'm investing in something. I'm not giving you money just because I like you. I'm investing. What? I'm giving you this because I'm going to get something back in return from all of this. And if, if they're able to do what's about to take place, you're going to see cities. You're going to see values. Think about Gaza turning into a city within itself of high rises. Condos, resorts. Think. I want you. I, I don't want you to take nothing off the table. Who's going to be the one to have con contractors coming in? Look at what, what happened in Afghanistan. The U.S. had contractors going out there, building, building, taking the oil, building pipelines, building all up. Like the, the a lot of these countries don't have the infrastructure we have. So now we bring infrastructure in to help build us out. Right. So the thought process for me is always. Dumb it down to its simplest form. And then what I want everybody of color to do for me is go, would they do this to us? Because mm. I'm going to tell you, they march tanks and military through L.A., through, through areas of urban areas where we had unrest, where we could, it could have been situations where it's like, okay, we're going to deal with this with police, with, with, no, they went and brought tanks, wow. armed guards, and our neighborhoods around our people who look like us. Do you think they would do that anywhere else? Look at what they did to the Indians with the pipeline. They waited all along to say, they see, this is a fair trade-off. Give the Indians money, they're going to build a resort, but now we want to build this pipeline. It's going to go through your reservoir. It's gonna... I did a post, and, and at the end of it, like the whole post was talking about why all these migrants are coming here when they told my close the borders, close the they're never gonna close the borders. They're never gonna do it. You have over two million baby boomers retiring every year. By the year 2030, you're literally gonna have approximately 40 million baby boomers retired. Who's gonna take those jobs? Mm. They need these jobs filled. Baby boomers gave birth to kids who are on technology. They do not want to be garbage men, postal workers, Verizon. They don't want to do construction. They don't want to work in offices because COVID has made everybody realize they don't want to be an office worker. They want to be a, they want to be entrepreneurs. They want to do everything else besides the job their parents did. United States are now going to look at pension. Money is coming out. They need to have this done. Commercial real estate is at its lowest form right now. They're empty office buildings. They're talking about turning them into apartment buildings. Verizon already started that. So United States is getting ready to have a new group of people that they can offer jobs to so they could take those jobs. Hmm. And one crucial thing I want everybody to think about, one of the most powerful things that ever happened when a group of people come to America is their first generation who say, I'm the first generation born in this country. What do they do?
Most of them go to colleges. Most of them take on debt. Mm. Most of them go to work. And their parents, they work hard. They're proud. All they're doing is recreating the same thing when blacks came here, Irish came here, Italians came here. I'm a first-blooded Italian. I'm a first-blooded African. I'm a first-blooded... This country knows what it's doing. America is a business. Hmm. I can keep going, but I'm gonna stop there, brother. Man, what would you what would you think, man? So it's a lot of um, so it was just that strike um on that on that Gaza hospital, oh, oh. Right? killing what 500, 500 people or so. So yeah, they, they ordered them all. Am I froze? Yeah, you froze, bro. We got to have you um Hit oh, the video off and on button. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know if that was. I didn't know if that was him or not. I was like, "Is that my computer?" All right, now, now it's a black screen. But either oh, way, you, look, you you saw that talk. They blacked you I out. I don't know what happened. So 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 anyway, y'all can hear me though. Yeah. Yeah, but we need to see you, bro. Yeah, we need to see you. We need, we need to see you, blood. We need to see you. Put back in. Put back in. Hey, blood. Yeah, just just like uh. Yeah, just uh, hang up and come back on. Yeah. I need to see you, dude. Man, listen, man. The more, like, I, it's too, we have too many cycles where we're, we have to wake up eventually. But we have to wake good, up eventually. That's a good economic breakdown that I never really looked at because, honestly, what I thought it was about was paying, um, you know, paying Israel so that we have a a ally in a, in the Middle East, you know what I'm saying? Why would we have an ally? No, because you think about Iran. Iran is close to to Israel, and so you want you want an ally. So if you you know what I'm saying, you don't want you know you don't want everybody from that location, you know, trying to get at you. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing, though, Not you don't good. need to pay them. Move, 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 like move your face. Is it is it frozen still? Or? Uh, you hear us? Yeah, can you see me? All right, man, man, man. Yeah. All right, cool. You don't need to pay an ally who needs you as protection to protect them from the neighboring people next door. They right. should be paying us. Right. Think about it. Right. No, but <laughs> no, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, like, like you actually mm. broke broke it down. This is the most economic way that I've ever looked at war before. And it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, it goes. The, the, the worm goes deeper because you got to think about it, y'all. This mm-hmm. once you really look at the business of America, you realize how much value you don't have. You how much value you don't give America when you don't work for them anymore. When you're not on the assembly line. When you're not being a tax-paying citizen. When you leave. Oh, you're not you're, you're not getting up every morning. What do we need you for? So what what is it? I was trying to find a Malcolm X quote, man, when he said, if you're not, he said, if you're not careful, the newspapers will have you hating the people who are being oppressed mm. and loving the people who are doing the oppressing. Yeah. So man, that was that's that's Malcolm X, man. So so what do y'all think about this? So you know, they they ordered all of them to go down like ordered them to go down to the Gaza Strip, right, to uh, basically one area, and basically said it was for the civilian safety. Now, some people are saying, okay, they don't want to kill a lot of civilians. Other people are saying that I wouldn't do it because 
they're essentially, they essentially want to get them all in one place. Don't they make it easy to destroy a whole civil, civilization if they're all in one place? No, but 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 from from the reports oh. that I've been hearing is that even as 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 people are on their way to what people told them, they they're blowing up roads. They're killing them. Like they're they're not even allowing them to to get to where you know where like where where they're, they're oh. saying it. right. When you blow up, when you blow up a hospital, when you blow up hospitals, you blow up roads, you you throw these flyers out in the air for people and tell them, go this way. We're going to give you a chance to exit. Then you blow the, the exit up with these kids and all this up. And Sean King, I got to give him credit because his Instagram is telling a hell of a story. He tried to shut them down, but they couldn't. Praises do that for letting that information out. But when you're blowing up hospitals and stuff like that, now they're stopping world aid from going through. They, they literally stop in Egypt from allowing from allowing the Palestinians to get out and go through Egypt. Like they are making it where this is an annihilation. And regardless to who's right or wrong. Right. Because there's been rules to war that are yep. being violated. And, 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 let, and let's focus on that real quick, though. Right. Because the one thing I don't like is anytime you speak about what's what's. Um, about atrocities, regardless of who's involved, there's always this thought process of are you specifically when you when you talk about Jewish people, right? Um, there's always this, and this is what I, this is what I feel that every time there's anything that happens to Jewish people, if you analyze it in any kind of way, you're called anti-Semitic, right? And I've heard that. Like I've heard a lot of people online trying to explain, you know, you know how um, it is atrocious. I don't care. I don't care about the history. And when I say I don't care about the history, what I'm saying is that there's never, ever, ever a justification for for innocent people, for civilians, for for women to be raped, for babies to get blown up. For heads to be cut off. I, mm. There is never no reason for that on no side. And so, and so if it's happening on both sides, we need to condemn it on both sides. Mm. We can't just say pray for pray for Israel or I stand with Israel when there's babies and, and women being raped and blown up. In Palestine, the civilians, not 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 Hamas, not the people who signed up, who want the action, right? It's like it's like it's like coming from the streets, right? When I I, I grew up during the nineties, early two thousands, right? Like if you was part of a gang and you was part of the drug game, and right, it's all fair game, right? Whatever happens, it happens, cause you part of the game, you chose to be part of that game. But if you was just a person that got up every day going to work back and forth and somebody from a gang you know you know shot you or killed you or did something like that was a that was against street code that was not looked at as gangster that was against street code and so how is it that you know we're not focusing on like yo like like you said Stone, regardless of who's right or wrong yo this is a this is a, a this is genocide yo this is genocide. This is genocide. Like, here's an interesting quote. Um, so I said, 
somebody said, I feel sick to my stomach just thinking that my people could be ethnically cleansed again, or worse, by the very people whose identity has been built upon the trauma of the Holocaust. Man. The irony is disturbing. Man. It is. You know, one of the one things that always bothered me, right? When this, this goes back when I was young, I never forget. When I was on that, yo, bro, I was real some militant. Y'all, you know, I was with the nation and yeah, Islam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was really on, on some stuff. I would be out here going to look for the Israelites. Anybody wanted to talk my talk, right? Um, I wrote a letter. <laughs> yo, I was young, bro. I, I used to write letters to Oprah, Spike Lee, uh, well, Magic Johnson. And I, what I wanted was a slavery museum. Hmm. Right. And what it was, was I read a story about how a slave ship was in the ocean and they used to send people, people used to go look at it and like scuba dive. And my thing was, how the hell we don't resurrect that ship, create a slavery museum. Like people need to know the stories. You know, I was reading about all this stuff and I was like, send letters, you know what I mean? And then it came to the realization that nobody's ever going to reply. So for me, it was an understanding that wow. if you can take what we're going through at any given time of year, any given time, and revert that back to what they used to do to us in the 1800s, hmm. early hmm. 1900s, they do not care about us. Hmm. Period. They don't really care about, they don't really care about us. You are a viable commodity to this country. Once, all right, let me jump into this real quick and I'm gonna give y'all back the floor because I think I'm gonna start getting too heavy on it, right? <laughs> we will eventually, all the all the people that are coming here, migrants to come to work and stuff like that. You know, in Florida, they, they, the um, DeSantis had this bill going on where he needed all the all the undocumented workers to be vetted and all this, they needed this. So a bunch of Mexicans and everybody left Florida. They didn't get the, none of the, the, the fruits. None of the stuff was being picked. None of this in the fields was being picked. All the stuff was just sitting there. What did, what did they do? The government came along and gave all these farmers money because all this stuff was rotten. They didn't give them technology or machinery to go do the picking for them. And now they have stuff out there. They gave them money and said, chill, we're going to give y'all money. Now, I don't want to get into how many black farmers didn't get money, but y'all Google that. How many regular farmers got money? How many blacks didn't get no money or limited amount? Mm. What they're telling them is, hold on. We're going to have somebody here working back for y'all in these fields. I want y'all to think about this. We will be in a position where people who look like us will be right back out there in the fields working legally mm. picking shit. Mm. They tried to have the prisoners go out there in Florida. They said, we'd rather go back to jail than be out here pulling up watermelons, tomatoes, like wow. the United States total, total purpose is to run this thing efficiently. And I always say this too. I would love to have the conversation with the person who becomes president when they realize after they became president and they take them in that back room to talk to these people that they never knew exist. And they sit down and go, we want to welcome you and thank you. Now that you're president, we're going to tell you how this thing really works. This is the reason why a lot of them come out great. 
There's a reason why a lot of them go in there thinking, oh, I'm going to do this for the minorities. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Then they go in there and be like, yo, I'm going to mind my business. I'm going to get on the seat of these boards. I'm going to get my, my $100 million and I'm going to get up out of here. I might, Obama might have had all the right things in the world he wanted to do. But once he sat around that table and they told him what America was really built on and what it's about, he had to make a choice. Mm. And he made the choice. Just like... Bro, $250,000 for a president's salary? Do we really think they living off of that? Yeah, yeah. That's a minimum wage to keep you in control. So when it's time for you to retire, you're going to get board seats. You're going to get you a book deal. This is how you make millions. Millions. If you don't want to mess this up, do what we tell you to do. He could have signed executive orders all day before he left to get things in place. But then you had the next guy come in who signed a million executive orders when he came in. Mm. But that's a whole nother topic. So, um, yeah, y'all go ahead, man. You know, <laughs> they might come and kick my door in, bro. Man, I'm, man scared. I'm scared when I talk. Man, man. Um, so yeah, so pray, pray for pray for everybody, pray for the world, right? Pray for the innocent people, uh, pray for peace in the Middle East, pray for um, you know, pray just pray. Uh, I mean, I don't even know. Uh, bro, you know, I got something else to say now. What the hell? Yeah. I pray people wake the hell up and say, I need to leave. Mm. How long are you going to keep holding on to the hand of your master and somebody who enslaved you and killed generations of us? How long are you going to feel like you got to keep holding their hand and you won't make it without them? Mm. Stop thinking that. You getting your freedom is within your job that's giving you a salary. And you've been we've been so mind controlled that when we get that money, the only place we could spend it is in the same country where we got the money from. Mm. I need people to wake up and say, you know what? If I get $3 million right now, why do I got to spend the $3 million right here in the United States? Hmm. Go buy you some land. Go buy you some houses. Go buy you some companies in other countries and other places. Right. And then what? You, If you happen to borrow that money from here, okay, come over here and come close my company. Come over here and come take these houses from me. Nah, it's not in their reach. It's not in their jurisdiction. Stop thinking the only place and the only thing you can do business is right here. Like, it's ridiculous. And I hate to sound like I'm so old school, old oh, slave masters and all this. Not nah, be. It's fact. It's actual fact. Yeah. The more freedom you think you have, the less you have. The more yeah. they give you, the more they actually take it away from you. Any given moment, all it takes is one police stop and it's over. One traffic stop could take everything away from you that you think you got. You flossing and you're foreign. You got all your drip on. You chilling, living life. Pulled over and now it's gone. When when these people, when you had these, I think it was three or four black uh, young people, they went to Mexico for whatever vacation or whatever they went to do. The cartel kidnapped them. Oh, yeah, yeah. The cartel yeah. killed the young girl. Killed the young girl, the other people, they got away. Don't you know the cartel in Mexico found these guys, killed two of them, brought the rest to the police station and said, we had nothing to do with this. They were acting on their own. The Mexican government made an example out of them. Don't you know if them same four people would have been kidnapped in the United States, one of them got killed, we still probably wouldn't have answers to this day. So yeah. when people tell me how safe it is outside, is how unsafe it is outside in other countries, that's all a myth. Yeah. They were, you are an American has value. You here as an American holds the least amount of value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me, uh, let me play a clip real quick. Uh, because you know, salute to, to Mark Lamont Hill 
um, who who's been really covering um, this from both sides. And he was actually talking um, to somebody from the Israeli uh, government. Um, and I, I just want to get your thoughts on this clip, uh, Storm Amar. Humanitarian situation, quote, will only deteriorate exponentially and that crucial life-saving supplies, including fuel, food and water, must be allowed into Gaza. So the U.N. is saying you must do this. You are saying you're not going to do this. Um, how do you No, you're not. We're not saying that. He's saying do it. Yeah, he's saying doing it immediately. Is, what I'm saying is what, you, what you're doing. No, no. He's saying doing it, doing, okay. doing it immediately. I, yeah, I got you. I'll tell you exactly what we're saying. I'm saying we will do everything for the Gazan people. Once and now, we demand immediate surrender, unconditional surrender of Hamas. If Hamas people come out with their hands up and clear their weapons, believe me, everything will be restored to Gaza. It is Hamas in Hamas hands. That, okay, if now I understand. Care- that, thank you for clarifying that, sir. I, I think I think I think we're actually on the same page here. You're saying that once Hamas leaves, you'll you'll grant the the, the Gazan people food, shelter, fuel, electricity, hospitals, schooling. And, in, and if they don't, and, and if Hamas doesn't leave, then they'll continue to starve and die in hospitals. You are defining for the international community right now collective punishment. You're saying until until Hamas acts differently, the two million people in Gaza are going to be treated this way. And once Hamas acts differently, these two million people in Gaza will be treated better. That is exactly what collective punishment is. You're holding them accountable for the actions of others. That is the definition, the textbook definition of, of, of collective punishment, sir. Now, you may you, you may accept that that's what you want to do, but this is absolutely a contravention of international law. Well, I'll tell you exactly. No, had we had no, if we had we pushed them to the wall, we're not pushing them to the wall. We want to open a humanitarian corridor so they can leave. But if Hamas, so that who can Hamas, leave? So that who can leave? Citizens. You're saying civilians can leave, but only through the Rafah border, correct? At this point, yes. So they can't because come. Where else? Your country. <laughs> they can come into Israel. I'm telling you one more thing I want to say. Uh, no, no, but, but I, want you to, I want you to address that point. Don't just smile, sir, respectfully. You're saying they, they, you're, not, you're making a corridor. I, they, can go to, they can go to Egypt. You're bombing them. You say you want to save them, but you, they can't come in. I, first of all, I'm not smiling. I'm crying in my heart. Yo. Oh, my God. Bro. Yo. Hey, he got, bro, he got it. Man. Man. Hey, when he say when he when he said you can let them you can let them in let them in Israel. But go, go through Egypt. You can't you can't we no. gonna bomb you, right? And you can go through the other route, but you can't go you can't go through. Once 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 you surrender and come up with your hands, yeah, then, up, we'll, then we'll give then you we'll food. give you some food. They, they, once once you surrender and allow us to fully control you, then we might give you something to eat. Man. But it's a group of people, the people they want to surrender aren't the people. They're right. a separate group of people. Militant groups. What the hell are civilians going to tell a militant group? Like, 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 militant no. group ain't caring. Obviously, they don't care about everybody no, else. No, they, they, so they, how- they, 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 they radicals. They fighting for the, they fighting for they fighting for what they're fighting for in their way. They, right. they ain't like thinking about peaceful protesting or anything like that. They fighting, right? Well, how, how do you find like, logic? How do you find logic in, in supporting 
or even feel empathy for people who allow other people to be treated like this. How do you have a blind eye to say, I'm not choosing a side? How do you even, like war is not meant for a side to be chosen. War is meant to get something settled so we can have a resolution after this war gets done. But like I said, this isn't a war. Stop calling this a damn war when you are literally bombing people who have no way of fighting you back. Yeah. This, like, we, the, 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 not propaganda, right? The whole thing of how you must feel afraid to be able to say anything about Jewish people. Israel is a travesty because everybody can say what you want yeah. about blacks, ghettos, Hispanics, uh, uh, Mexicans, uh, like any other, pick anything. You can say anything you want. And I don't want to hear people say, oh, we do it to ourselves by putting it on all the records. No, that's, that has nothing to do with it. What it is, a group of people said, we control the media, we control the voice. This was the only, the, mm. they had the power to have Michael Jackson, two million, over two million copies of a record where he said a word about the Jews in a song, destroy those records and make him go back mm. in and re-record. This is what they did. This is also the power where they had Marlon Brando, one of the biggest actors of his time. When Marlon Brando said, I think it was 1975, he said, Jewish people control the movie industry. Don't you know, they got on him so bad to ruin his career. He went and apologized, literally crying. You're talking about one of the biggest movie stars in the world, Marlon Brando, B. Wow. Like, do you understand when you control everything at the top, you have the right to now yell, not even yell, you have the right to send instructions down and as shit rolls downhill and the pile gets bigger. So you cannot, that's when people say, yo, we should go out and we're going to control sports. We're going to go take over media. We should put out our own this. We should own our own countries. We should own our own sneaker brands. We should own our own jeans. We should, my guy, you do not own distribution and they're never going to sell it to you. You do not own newspapers and they're never going to sell it to you. You do not own stations and they're never going to sell it to you. Whatever outlet that gets the voices out the loudest, you would never gain access and control of that. Look at the real estate. 80% of the stock market is owned by three major companies. And who are the race of these people in these countries? I don't want to get into that. 80% of the stock market is owned by them. Who's been buying up all the real estate? Look at these companies and look at these race of people. More power to them. They figured it out. We have to stop playing on a small scale. Playing on a more small scale is only going to get you so far. If you really want to do something, you know what? Try to get it to a height. But unfortunately, when you do get it to a height, you're going to have to sell that thing at that height. Yeah, my Come bad. On, no, no, no. I, no I, I, didn't, I didn't know I was going to do that because I wanted to play I wanted to yeah, play the video. Now. Hold on, let me bring this video up real quick. Hold on, hold on. Let me see them, B. Uh, let me see. Can you... Yeah, I don't know. We can't. I can't hear it. Um, I don't hear it. I see you trying to bring up something. Yeah, you had it all good the first video. What you doing? You slipping? Nah, nah, nah. It, uh... Where is it? The volume is not... Dang. For whatever reason... Who is this not... guy? 
Uh, he he's 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 the head of the ADL, the uh, Anti Defamation League. So I was trying to kind of be objective and kind of show both sides, uh, but for whatever reasons, it's not allowing me. It's not. It's not. It's not allowing me to do it. So uh, let me let me just see. Hold on. Um, all right. Let let let's let's. You know, I mean, this is good. This is a great conversation, right? Because, you know, you know, I mean, I learned. Type in the comments, y'all, if y'all learned about the yeah, economic learned, side yeah. of war. You know what I'm saying? Real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate. Uh, before we go, man, let's talk about let's talk about this conference. Uh, less than ten days, right? Whether we got ten days a week. Yeah, so today. Uh, uh, ten days. Conference. Can, can I can I talk about something real quick though about the conference? Um. You know, one of the things I want y'all to understand is when it comes to your dreams, when it comes to making stuff happen, we got to get to the to the to the to the space where we make our own dreams happen. We don't wait, right? And so I remember I was I was um, listening to a Steve Harvey clip, and Steve Harvey was talking about um, your desires, right? And he has this desire list. And he said it's a good practice to write down your 100 to 500 desires, like everything. Think about everything that you ever desire in life and just make a list of them. And so I I, I did this practice and I have stuff desires. like, yeah, I have my desire list. Like, and, I'm, and, and, I'm, and I'm talking about it don't even got to be, it, it could be anything, right? So like, for instance, I mean, you know, it don't have to be like, oh my God, I want to, you know, be a billionaire. I mean, even though that's on there, but for me, there's stuff like, you know, I want to I, I want to star in a movie. Right. I want to just have that experience of starring in a movie. Um, I would love to have, um, you know, a recurring role in a TV series. I want to direct the movie. I want to host a talk show. I want to I want to win, win an Emmy for my talk show. Right. I want to host a syndicated radio show. I want to write a New York Times bestselling book. Um, you know, what I'm saying like like I want to speak in front of. 20,000 people, right? So I had that on my list. Fast shout out to my brothers at EYL. That happened for me. You get what I'm saying? So I was writing all these things. So one of the things I wrote was I want, I'm, I'm going to say that I'm, I, I, I desire to, right? I said, um, I desire to perform a stand-up comedy routine. That was oh, on, the list. on everything. It was on the list. I was like, I, I just wanted to do it. And you know why I wanted to do it? Because it is the most embarrassing thing, right? It's, it's almost like it's almost, it's almost like sales. I, I always salute Jehovah Witnesses and anybody who goes door to door with sales. Like that takes another level of courage to knock on somebody's door unannounced and try to sell something, right? And so I look at I look at comedy the same way because comedy is one of those things where you're in front of these people. And it is your goal to try to make these people laugh. And I just think it's, I think it's more difficult than people give credit to. And so it was just one of those things that I wanted to challenge myself to do. And lo and behold, you know what I'm saying? I am doing a stand-up comedy routine at the Path to Prosperity Conference happening October 27th to the 29th. I am going to be the first ever financial educator, certified financial educator, to do a financial comedy routine. Can you show the flyer? Can you show the flyer? Yeah, um, on the screen. Yo, yo, fast shout to everybody. Uh, I ain't gonna say who, but fast shout to everybody who who kept telling me 
to 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 use my Cedric the Entertainer picture. Cause I got so I got so I got so I got the I got this picture in which in which I look I look like uh you know you know Cedric the Entertainer. And so hold on, let me see if I can find if I can uh wait, hold on. Can I wait till they find out what Marv gonna be doing? Uh-oh. I mean, what am I gonna be doing? <laughs> wait, how, how do I how do I uh can I post a picture? I'm doing a contest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Marv doing Chippendale. Hey, I'm telling y'all, y'all want to come to this conference. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be more intimate. Yes. And uh, and what's what's amazing about it is we're gonna be in our element. We're gonna be in our element. You're about to see. You know, we got to come out with some tricks and surprises. You know, we got to come out with something. We just gonna. Oh, there it is. There, there it go. Hold on, let me let me uh hold on, let me change the background. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna be we ain't gonna hey. go basic. Let me go. There we go. We got Ash Cash. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Kelly Kells, B Titty in the building. Hilarious. <laughs> B Titty is it is it B Titty? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so so his 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 real name is Brian Tidwell. And so Tid, so it, it can be tidy because it's not Tidwell. It's All right, so it's B Titty. So it's B Titty. B Titty run the city. Hold no pity. I'm the gritty one, Frank the Crook from the Brook. You know what I mean? All right, that's it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I think it's good. Titty. And we got the masquerade ball. Yeah, on Saturday ball. night, growing on, sexy, all black masquerade ball. You already know that's about to be a movie. About to be a movie. Um, and that's just we just talking about the entertainment. Of course, we got. Let's finish telling you about the entertainment. We got a special event just for uh was it, it I know it's diamonds, right? Diamonds yep, we got yeah, diamonds and presidential, you know what I'm saying? Got something special for them. Yep. Ain't no telling, like you might have all the speakers coming to that. You know what mm. I'm saying? That's gonna be special. And, and, and a special location, like we shut down. You know how they be like, yo, buy out the bar. Yo, we we, we bought we out should, the we, uh, a hot we spot. About it all. Let me say, we don't even say, can we say, don't even say it. We bought up. The, we bought out one of the hottest spots in Atlanta just for us. Be path to prosperity is going down. If you're not there, you played yourself. If you ain't get your tickets, you played yourself. If you're waiting to see the highlights, you played yourself. Drop a bomb. Drop a what bomb. You are playing yourself. Yeah. Path to prosperityconference.com. Yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. And just just to give y'all some ideas, like first off. Be storming ass. We teaching more this year. Go on, more stage time to teach. So you know we teaching you, but we also got Darius Daniels coming Go back on. for the yeah. second year in a row. Wall Street Trap Trap coming out for the second year in a row. But we got some new friends too. We got Ted Lucas. If you don't know who that is, Yo. that's an investor, yep. businessman, founder yep. of Slip and Slide Records. If you know, you know. You got Booker T. Booker T. Real estate developer. Founder and CEO of Techie Homes. We got Terrica Lynn Smith. Oh, I know y'all know Terrica, real estate developer. We got Marcus Rogier. Oh, coach and spiritual leader. Y'all we got saw Linda him on the Thirty uh, podcast. Oh yeah, I know how you get down. Linda Clemens. Uh, Let's go, Dion OG Coopwood. My guy Dion, he, he 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 blazes it down, and he, and he got a special Allison Bird, David Power Talk. 
Power Talk in Denise the building. Williams. Let's the go. Broker. D. Wills. Corey Hughes. Let's go. C. C. Hughes in the building. Damon Dillard. Let's go, Dame. High energy, high, energy, high, high income. income. Carter Cofield. Let's go. Collins in the building. Tax expert. We got Donnie Wiggins. Donnie, close it out. Let's you let's do what we do. Coach, Coach Kelly J. Coach Kells. Let's go. Justin Burns. Derek Justin Harper. Burns. Let's go. D Hop. You know what D Hop did last time, too. Stop oh, playing. Crazy. Don't play yourself. Uh man, we got. We got my guy Bricks. If you don't know Bricks, produce Bricks. for Drake. Produce for Drake. Gunner, little baby. You know what I'm saying? These these type P Diddy. These types of people we bringing into let's go into the let's building. Go. And and you know you know you know what you know what I'm happy about this year is that it, it's it's really about um substance for us, right? It's really about yeah. you know a lot of times you know and, and, and we and we did it right, like we've done it. Where we've had challenges, where we've had conferences, where we got the big names in order to draw out the crowd, and we were able, we were attracting the wrong type of people. We said this time around, yo, we want the best of the best. Like, are, are these the best people in this? Whether you know their names or not, these are the best of the best, and this is going to leave you full. You're gonna learn so much about building a multi-million-dollar business, no matter where you're from, or, or no, no matter where you are. We're going to help you take you through your path to prosperity, whether you've never started a business before, whether you are a seasoned entrepreneur, if you're trying to get to eight figures, seven figures, six figures, whatever it is, we'll bring you everything that you need to get to that next level. It's crazy. All right. Oh, man, I wasn't even done, but that's, oh, we, we got, we and, we, and we, and we building up and bringing some of our mentees to the stage, making a, making a big stage de debut. C.C. Clark. CC in the building, the NIL queen. If you know, you know. CEO at the Prosperity League. E Moss, Ernest Moss. E Moss, one of our biggest success stories. Salute to E Moss in the building. Founder of What's the Formula Mentoring Academy. So it's about to go down, y'all. Like, it's about to go down. So I hope y'all ready. You know what I'm saying? We got Benny Pugh in the building, a music industry veteran. You know what I'm saying? Holding it down for us. Um, we got, uh, we got, uh, Tashita Miller, right? One of, one of the, the, the presidents, executive, uh, presidents at L'Oreal. So not only are we talking about, you know, how to be an entrepreneur, but also like, like, how do you build, uh, within a multi-billion dollar company? Like, come on, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. It's going crazy. Come on, y'all. Going, we, and we got a couple surprises in store for you too. So make all right, sure y'all right, tap in. All right, we got to end with a gym of the day. Gym of the day. What's the gym of the day? Woo, I'm sweating this stuff. Woo, I'm sweating <laughs> thinking about thinking about it. Hey, hey, my gym of the day is. We talk about this all the time, but you have to get in the room. I know we say this all the time, but I gotta repeat it. I'm telling y'all, I was just in a room. This past week, and I gotta be, um, I gotta be, you know, candid. I didn't really go in the room. I was mm. mostly outside of the room. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I happened to plan to go at the last minute, and I had meetings booked all day. But what I did was, when people was outside networking, I just stood around and I just listened. I just talked to people. That's it. You know what I'm saying? So that was my entire being of just being in the room. And as I'm standing around. I overhear someone say something 
And I said, hmm, what was that? Let me take off my phone. I made a little note of what they said. That's probably pretty much all I got from the whole event. Mm. That one thing life. is going to make me at least a million dollars. I promise you. Yo. Just overhearing that one little thing. So so when you talk about being in a room, you all, like all you need, people think you got all these speakers, you got all of this energy, you got you got the masquerade ball, you got the comedy show, you meeting people. But the reality of it is somewhere in that two days um, time span, 30 seconds is going to change your life. Something that you hear for 30 seconds is going to change everything for you. But you got to be you. Here, here's the problem, though. If you knew when that 30 seconds was going to come, mm. you would just be there for that 30 seconds and leave. Mm. The 30 seconds is there, but you got to be in the room the entire time or you got to be at least talking and working outside the room the entire time waiting for that 30 seconds to appear. Mm. If you don't show up, you might miss that 30 seconds, y'all. Don't be the one that's going to miss the 30 seconds that's going to potentially make you potentially 30 million. That's why you got to be there. You have to be there. You can't miss an opportunity, especially when you got people who are doing it right. When you got people that are building, like me, Ash Storm, we building the atmosphere for you to get this knowledge. There's a reason why people are still talking about the Path Prosperity Conference one year later. Mm-hmm. Because they got something from it. I just ran into somebody the other day that said, man, that conference changed my life. Changed my life. Like, literally. I said, what do you mean to change your life? Like, a complete turnaround. A complete money turnaround. Spiritual turnaround on the brink of divorce. Stayed in his marriage type of turnaround. That's mm. the kind of turnaround that people mm. had by attending this Pattern Prosperity Conference. You can miss it if you want to. Mm. You can keep being the same if you want to. You mm. can keep doing the same things, expecting the same things. The definition of insanity, doing the same things, expecting a different result if you want to. Or you can say, what the heck do I got to lose mm. except generational poverty? What the heck do I have to lose except getting out of bad relationship and entering into good relationships? I'm telling y'all, you have to show up in order to go up. So I'll see y'all at the Path of Prosperity Conference. Let's go, Storm. Talk to us. What I want everybody to think about, to take a moment, sit in silence. If you get yourself in a dark room, I want you to just sit and I want you to think about what happened if you lost everything. Mm. Your house, your apartment, where would you live? Where would, where would you take your kids? You don't have a car. You don't have a job. You don't have anything. Nothing left. Everything just got taken from you. Where are you going to eat? Who could you rely on? How long could you stay at your brother's, your sister's house? How long could you stay at your friend's house? How are you going to borrow money? Where are you going to get money? How long will this money last you? Right? Now, once you've you're in this space of feeling the effects of everything you're doing. Now, I don't want you to get out of this thought until you feel it in your heart. Like, damn, what would I do? Mm. Now what I want you to do, turn the lights on, stand up, say to yourself, how do I avoid this from ever happening to me? 
Hmm. If you're not putting yourself in the worst of scenarios, you won't be prepared when, if that scenario ever happens. Mm. Once you figure out a plan or even a start, you will realize everything you're doing now is wrong. Everything you're doing now, you're being dependent and you're living on the titty of a country. Mm. How it. about you say to yourself, how do I become independent of something or someone else? How about I take this salary while I still have it? I invest, I build, I go to these events, I go hear these speakers, I listen to the opportunities, I do the work. Now what you just created was yourself a survival kit. They're more than just, they're people who are dependent on you more than just you. And if you sit there and enjoy your foreign, your drip, and think everything is going to be all right, and you never have to absorb this information that we're giving you, you're going to find yourself one day waking up going, wow, how did this happen to me? So I look forward to seeing you guys get yourself a ticket, get yourself in the space around other people who are purposefully preparing their emergency kit and their exit strategy to start building wealth. Use it as a survival kit. Wealth isn't just needed to be flossing and shining. It's actually turning into a survival kit. I'll see y'all at the event. All right, y'all. Look, my gem of the day is actually brought to you by uh, one of our speakers last year. Um, and so I'm. A, we're going to close out, right? We're going to close out our show with this message from one of our speakers from last year. But what I want you to understand, my gem of the day, just to just to prepare you, is that a lot of a lot of us think that we got time. A lot of us say, "Oh, I'll oh, I'll go next year, or I'll do it next week." Or like you have to have some urgency while you are on the path to your your prosperity. Hold up. You are now tuned into Mind Right Radio. Elevate your mind. You elevate your life. This is the moment you've been waiting on. You've been waiting all of your life to get to the point that you are right now. You're in the right place at the right time for a miracle to break loose in your life. If it had happened 10 years ago, you couldn't have handled it. If it had happened three years ago, you wouldn't have been mature enough to handle it. You had to go through everything you went through in the dark to get you tough enough and strong enough and courageous enough and tenacious enough. And now you're ready. Slap somebody say, I'm ready. This ain't no time to cry. You feel like I can't even have good grief. Everybody got to pick up the pace. That's why I can't deal with people who cannot pick up the pace. Don't be strolling when I got a 911 on you. I need people who can pick up the pace. I do not allow the cares of this world to destroy your passion for living. You have to run after it. Success is always successful. I would rather aim for the stars and not hit them than to not aim at all. I would rather go after it and not get it than not go after it at all. I'd rather try and fail than not try at all. I don't want to live with the idea, wonder what would have happened had I done more with my life. I'm 
Do not stroll, do not walk, do not meander, do not wander, but roll after your destiny. You gotta run. You gotta run. You gotta run. You can't just wake up in the morning and let me see what's gonna happen today. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know what I'm gonna wear. I don't know what I'm gonna cook. I don't know where I'm gonna go. I just woke up. Oh, you should stay in the bed. Give the day to somebody who's gonna run after their destiny. Give the day to somebody who has a plan, who has a strategy, because success is never an accident. And if you don't want it, get out of my way. Because there are some people who want to do something with their life who will run. There are some people who will do something in their life and who are going to run after their destiny. So right now, I need you to hit that link. Go to pathtoprosperityconference.com. Run to your destiny. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Yes, sir. Let's close out. All right, y'all. So so make sure y'all check us out every Wednesday, 8 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. Make sure you go to the Path to Prosperity Show.com. You make sure you like, make sure you subscribe, make sure you share this with a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We here at the Path to Prosperity Show. We help you make, manage, and multiply your money. I am Ash Cash, the financial motivator, Storm Leroy, the employed millionaire, and Marvin Mitchell, Mr. Become Your Own Bank. We will see you next time, same time, same place. And remember to do what, y'all. Always seek knowledge. Peace and blessings, y'all. Peace and blessings. We got a run.